calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm I'm dating someone now who she her apartment feels exactly like this mm-hmm. and I will be like can't do it yep can't so she has a crack in her window and she's like I gotta get my landlord to fix it and You're I'm like, like I'll sleep don't. next to it please don't I will wake up with my nose about to fall Absolutely. off and I'm like yeah <laughs> she's like Courtney why is there a mouth? hammer in your bag chipping <laughs> 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 like, like, away at it slightly just being a lesbian <laughs> what <laughs> I'm ducking out you're ducking out Let's dike out together, see what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi and welcome and bienvenue and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that is sad to say goodbye to 20 by teen, but embracing this, the year of Barbara Walters. 2020, baby. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Courtney Rada, past guest from the Lesbian Label episode and host of Carnivorous on the Food Network. And today we are so excited to be diking out with comedian, writer, and performer Elliot Glazer about cabarets. And hey. <laughs> how's it going? So Welcome in. We're Welcome so, in. so happy to have you here. Thank uh, you. Elliot, maybe you've seen him on Broad City. He was a, an actor and a writer for the show and also produces and hosts an amazing live show in both New York and L.A., right? Called mm-hmm. uh, Haunting Renditions and has a podcast out now called You're Making It Worse. Right. That's true. <laughs> so I came to a Haunting Renditions show. Oh, cool. At Littlefield. Yes. Years ago. Yes. When you had Marnie the dog on. Yes. <laughs> and do you remember like the audience? Yes. Drama? Yeah. It was horrifying. What was the drama? I've never had like hecklers before, but these people were, this guy and this girl were um, so chatty and sitting in like the front row. And they, they, were, they were there to see Marnie the dog. Okay. Which was not even really part of it. It was just like a little fun thing. Like a little fun thing that Marnie the dog is there. Yeah. But everyone was there for haunting renditions except except this couple. And the woman, they were both so drunk. But the woman was just like, 
talking like so and everybody around them was getting like increasingly angry and it was so awkward Ugh. and people and then they finally left they got up and left like i think after the the marnie part and the entire audience was flipping them off yeah oh. I, I lost my cool even I, I never like lose my cool but i was like oh i didn't even remember that yeah, i just yeah. remember how horrible they were and it, it was the rudest thing i had ever seen they were seen. trying to like get pictures with marnie while she while i was like playing with her on stage and i was with her owner it was like you know it's for the show like we were yeah. having fun yeah. and they were like trying to get selfies with her while she was on the stage it was the cra- it, I, it was the weirdest it was such a a um brutal and like blunt show of like insta thirst where it's like we have to get a selfie with this dog at any cost they don't care that they're talking over a show they don't care that everyone around them is annoyed like they were so rude it was wild was that like the the worst audience that was the worst and then a couple years later i was doing the show um at the satellite in la and um alaska thunderfuck from drag race was on the show and um Early in the show, like we we started the show, it's a very you know it's music. There's music and there's singing, and this one guy in the front got drunk very early, and I was doing like a bit or something, you know, talking, and he literally just goes, <laughs> he just like just yells, just sing, bitch. <laughs> we were like what? Just it was like the craziest, like most. It was like a gay minstrel character. So oh, just sing, God. bitch. Also, like, oh when like God. something comes in the clear, like fully like that, and you're like, everyone can hear well, you. you. Are see you for you real? And hear you. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was. It was. I don't know how to. I'm not good at like hecklers. I don't know what to do with them because I don't really have them because people aren't usually like rude. I know. I'm not doing that kind of comedy where I'm like, you know, I'm not doing like crowd work and I'm not yeah. pushing <laughs> buttons. I'm talking right. it's like music. Right. You know? so. right. I'd rather be talked to like on the street and heckled on the street than deal with like a heckler yeah, on stage. Oh, I feel like it just so makes stupid. you feel ten times worse. Yeah. <laughs> They're the worst. And also I think like especially as a performer, none of us would ever heckle at oh a show. God, right. Never. So like I can't wrap my head around this mind frame. To yeah. to think that it's my turn to speak when I'm in the the it's audience, crazy, yeah, and that anybody in the room is here for that, you know. Like you think what you have to say is that important that you yeah. can't just like yeah. keep it to yourself. What, also, who does what does that say about you as a person if you showed up just for a dog for like oh your night out? It was <laughs> it was pretty nuts. It was pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. But the rest, of, I also remember the rest of the show being great, and then I remember. One part of it that really just rocked my world, and uh, it was when you were talking about J Lo. <laughs> uh, J Lo, oh J Lo and Ja Rule. Yeah, and you you were like, we all know J Lo's uh, not a talented singer, and I was like, what is that like an accepted thing? It was. I didn't know that. I yeah. missed all of that. So here I was thinking that J-Lo, like, that everybody agreed that J-Lo is just, like, a star and a great singer. And well, the narrative changed. Yeah. And, she yeah. became, like, a vampire, essentially. Yeah, I and, think like, that's what happened. In the 90s, when she came out with music in the late 90s, people would, like, laugh at it, you know, laugh because she couldn't really sing. And I, I think I was too young. or ma- No, but— I was in high school. Wrong. I just yeah. I just remember that being the joke. But then I think what—genuinely, ha- I honestly think what happened was that— Pop music got so trite and silly Mm -hmm. that it didn't like the like Keshas of the world, you know, helped 
completely validate Jennifer Lopez because she wasn't yeah. a great singer, but at least she could do something. Yeah. And, we were and moving past We were moving past like Whitney, Mariah, yes. Celine. Where it became like the next movement. Right. The norm to sort of just like talk in rhythm. And yeah. Like dance I mean, yeah. Yeah. Brit- yeah. Even Britney, like nobody was like listening to her music because her voice was so beautiful. It was like Yeah, she kept experience. making ballads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> but I think by the time that we got that far off the train, basically, like yeah. everything was off the rails, it was yeah. kind of like J-Lo was completely validated. And then I think Adele and like Gaga helped reinvigorate like real music, real musicianship, I think. Yeah. And here we are later now with, with Kesha being a very much a real musician and right. For sure. kind of finding that second win where she's completely reinvented herself. Yeah. Just by being just by showing her raw talent, you know. Yeah. Because it's there. Agree. Yeah. I'm glad Kesha's back in the game. Oh, yeah. She she had a, a little blip there for a bit, but. Yeah. Hard time. Not going to talk about that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so usually before we get to the topic, I have like some banter topics, but then I'm like, there's anything that's in the news right now isn't going to be relevant. In 2020. In 2020. Do you yeah. Guys- we're all going to be running around terrified for the election i think yeah I think all all news will be election related so we'll probably be going as fast as it is now as it is now if not faster yeah okay unpopular opinion uh-oh i don't <laughs> i don't get why everybody's so mean about mayor pete <laughs> now judge yeah i'm not a okay i'm not a buddha judge supporter by by any means uh and like i understand the criticism but everyone is like Hashtag fuck Pete and like all and it seems like very severe and mean for this person who's just like, you know, very educated, very He's a well, veteran, well smoke spoken. He's Road a veteran scholar, Road scholar. Harvard, I think Harvard educated speaks seven languages, uh, seems like a nice guy. He's taking money from billionaires. OK, but that's something that politicians like, yeah, have, yeah. have done for a while. And honestly, like. If Big Tobacco wanted to give me millions of dollars right now, I would, like, make my future kids smoke. Uh, that, like, yeah. who's gonna—it's it, all nice for, like, fun for the, uh, like, everyone on the left to be like, oh, he's taking money from millionaires. Yeah, who wouldn't? Who isn't? Yeah. I, also, I mean, I, yeah. some people aren't. Some politicians aren't. And, like, I'm not promoting— uh, Money, money in politics, but like also they're making it sound like he's just this yeah, like nefarious, know. shady he just, villain. He pulls so low with people of color. Yes, and I think that's the big, the big draw. Uh, not draw. That's the big drawback for him. Sure, and but, and I think that's yeah. valid if if sure. he's not connecting with them. Yeah, that that's but fine. The volatility is. But there's no reason to be volatile about it. It's just like okay, he's not. Yeah, I don't. Somebody I saw somebody wrote on Grinder as their like profile. Pete Buttigieg is a Republican. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you guys know Annie, um, not Annie, uh, Fran Leibowitz? Yes. The yeah. writer, humorist. Yes. I saw her give a speech in L.A. last year, and she was Lucky. amazing. She's amazing, oh you my know, God. as what, always. What an icon. <sighs> She's such an icon. She just, she did like a small interview and then basically like moved to a different part of the stage and stood up and took questions and then left without even saying goodbye. It was incredible. <laughs> but she was so... Um, uh, she was so um, um, eloquent talking about the election where she was like, you fucking millennials. She's like, you think you need to have everything. She's like, you had two people on the ticket, 
Hillary Clinton and a monster. And because Hillary wasn't perfect for you, you wouldn't vote for her. You'd hold your nose. You'd, and she was saying, like, you don't get everything you want. And to me, when I see some like a gay guy right on Grinder, Pete Buttigieg is the republic is a Republican. I'm like, you can't get everything you want in somebody like that yeah, doesn't I, really exist. Yeah. And if anything, 2016 should tell you that. Yes. And should make you. I mean, I like Warren. Like, I, I really like Liz. I'm, yeah. I'm, I like Warren a lot. Pete Buttigieg is not a should be he should not be a target. Right. You know, if anything, he's a very positive representation of LGBTQ people. Yeah, and it's just the, I don't get that that fight. I don't get picking that fight. It yeah. doesn't make sense. To yeah, me. I I think a lot of times millennials like to um to prove that they're invested in something and and woke uh, just by hating something. Correct. Which is I but think it's a think, shitty I would way think to think that now we'd at least be more cognizant about doing that because it's like. It's not. A, it doesn't. It's not going to serve you. It's right. not going to yeah. serve you. Yeah. Not well, that, now. It's the world's on fire. That was the whole thing with the uh, with Kamala Harris, um, aka Bet Porter, same person. God, prove yeah. me otherwise. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, Kamala Harris dropped out, and everybody was like, "No, too soon." I'm like, two weeks ago, you were all posting Kamala is a cop memes, right? Yeah. I, and you can't have it both. You guys were so mean to Kamala Harris, who like. Sorry, she doesn't have the perfect record. That's the thing. Who does? That's right. the thing. Who I, does? I, who ha, nobody has the perfect record. Like that's yeah. the that's the world in which we live. That's the country in which we live. That's the government. Nobody has the perfect record. Yeah. So you, I don't know when our generation, people our age, were like, nope, it's got to be all or nothing. Right. And it's like, we, it we've doesn't lost exist. Nuance. We've lost uh, yeah, nuance, nuance because nobody nobody can like appreciate that when you're in. Uh, when you're in a job, especially like a political job that the decisions you make involve a million factors. Absolutely. You're going to have to make unpopular decisions. You're working with information that the the public doesn't have. Yeah. And you just have to trust that this person, uh, if they're not corrupt, that they're they're trying their best and they're doing what they yeah, think. Yeah, you kind of have to have some faith. Is right. Yeah. And she gave us no reason to believe that she's not that that kind of person. And everybody was just and so, if you well, if you don't have faith so in the mean. system, then then what's the point? Then yeah. like then maybe then move or I, I don't know I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, when somebody is like, well, what am I supposed to think? And it's like, you you get to choose what you get. That's what that's what's great about this country. We get to choose. You yeah. know, um, yeah, it's wild. Those 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 memes are. It's just a really scary. It's a scary time because I personally wish that people our age didn't act so entitled about this stuff right right now in the context of what's going on yeah with the world feeling upside down it's like like you can't be that selective you just gotta help put out the fire yeah i think i mean that's my perspective yeah insane times right now yeah in 2020 in 2020 yes. yeah we already know <laughs> we already yeah. we can smell oh, yeah. oh yeah we're in news cycle hell right now <laughs> And it is hot here. Let's talk about cabarets. It's hot. Did right. you say it's hot here? It's hot in here in oh, New Cycle I'm Hell. Oh, New Cycle yeah. Hell. Oh, I'm always sweating. I'm yeah. constantly dripping. But also, sweat. it's cozy warm in the studio. <laughs> it is. I'm dripping. Yeah. yeah? Very warm. <laughs> With excitement. Uh, cool. Cabarets. <laughs> well, I just threw one last night. <laughs> in 2019? Yeah. And back last night, yeah, last year, two weeks last ago, year, last, last year. year. Uh, yes, we're definitely recording this, right? <laughs> yep. As, as you're hearing this, this is a live podcast. Uh, 
And no, our Dyke the Halls, uh, Diking Out Holiday Spectacular at Joe's Pub was a success. It was the most fun I've had in a very long time. I laughed a lot. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, So many past guests of the podcast also... Um, a couple future guests of the podcast were there. A lot of my exes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, man, if we had a chart of everybody in the audience, I think we had uh, probably so many exes. You'd have that like Homeland, that, like Claire Dean's like Homeland. Oh, map. yeah. Right. <laughs> All the rubber bands and markers and stuff. Yarn I know. and yeah. everything. That's why it's good. Uh, you can pick your seat at Joe's Pub when you buy your ticket, and there should be some type of indicator of where your ex is. Pick right. their seat. <laughs> yeah, That's a flaw it should be like a system. zone. Oh my yeah. God. Does, yeah. The, does the does the 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 dating community feel that small often in the larger in the larger scope of the city? I find that. I mean, personally, I I uh, find that the lesbian community and like the lesbian theater performing community mm. sort of is like the smallest thing in the whole world. Yeah, I often feel that way with gay guys too. Yeah, I just feel like there's something about like theater. And gays. Yeah. Where I think even if you get together now, you're like still have this element of feeling like you're at summer camp and yeah. you're like about to fuck. But I've, yeah. I'm like, you can sing? Great. Let's yeah, right. get it on. Right. So I always, because like before I was, um, my ex-wife wasn't in comedy. And for the brief moment that I was single and, and I thought like, oh, no, it's good. I wouldn't want to date another comedian. Yeah. Brief moment I was single, I was like, okay, which comedians? <laughs> gay comedi- gay male comedians do not date. Yeah. L- That's good quite on honestly them. never happens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've asked Is it because other- they're really judgy of each other? No, you know, maybe to a certain degree, but I yeah. think there's just like a, a, you know, men are so not willing to be vulnerable that I think it would yeah. be too hard to kind of navigate doing the same thing I think I'm not I'm not sure because we have a lot of past guests not a lot but enough past guests on the podcast who have dated each other yeah because when I say like oh what's you know off limits and they're like let's not talk about the fact that this other guest yeah and I dated for a while or there's like we have our own kind of chart thing but you're going like, on. but we all know. But yeah, yeah we won't talk about it. We yeah, won't yeah, talk yeah. about it, but we know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is with, with guys, but there's just, it. there's never any crossover. It never, there's never any crossover. Yeah. And then weirdly enough, I mean, straight friends and people are like, why don't you date so-and-so? And I'm like, because we're friends. Right. Like, <laughs> it, you don't just date someone because you're both gay. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that adage still rings Unless you're true. me in high school. Well, yeah, yeah exactly I'm like, what you, do. you too? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's different. But I think that that, I mean, that's uh, that's always something when family members or people that, like, only really know your, one of your defining qualities as yes. being a lesbian. Yes, of Like, course. we've talked about that before. My mom straight right, up is right. like, this is my daughter, the lesbian. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. I do. Cool. So much more oh my God. than uh, that. But, uh, you know, it's it's weird to get, like, set up with people because they're like, you might like them. And yep. I'm like, just because they also, like, to go down on girls now. Like, <laughs> right. uh, it's crazy. Maybe it is, not. It's wild. It's a crazy leap, but people take it. Yeah. People, they, they, they really have no, it's even now, 2020, people have no, there's no, they don't, they make the jump and you're like, really? Like you think that, do you think that that's how things work? It's, yeah. It's so weird. I'm dating someone right now. It's like very new and she um, is also a performer, but 
we like have like an appreciation for what we do, but also I'm like, she's the most similar to me that I've ever like someone I've ever dated. Yeah. So it's it's let you know how it goes, guys. I'll let yeah. you know. <laughs> Keep us posted. Yeah. Like, Please. Well, on the show last night we had Iman Al Husseini and Joe Solomon, who've both been on the podcast. They're a married couple. Funny. And they perform separately, but then they also perform as a duo. Uh, and they go by the the L Solomons, and they're very funny and very cute together. And I, to think about the dynamics of that relationship stresses me out so much because yeah. I'm like, how? E- even like if I'm booking them for things, yeah. I'm like, I have to book them both for the same show because want I that. like what if I book one and not the other? I don't want one of them to think like, oh, does Carolyn think like? Iman is funnier than Jess, or Jess is funnier than. That's so good. That's Iman, so. I couldn't. You do know. That. I really yeah. Couldn't do that. And then it Luckily, like they're a... both funny. It, it'd be a pro. It'd be a problem yeah. if they were like if really one was so much funnier than the other, and then you just were like pity booking the other. But luckily, they're both like yeah. very talented. But then it was things like you know just got um, a late night spot on the Tonight Show mm. this year. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that's something that Amon would love to have. Sure. And it's like that, uh, you know, and I'm sure, like, I know Amon must, was, like, so proud and so supportive. And, but then, like, you know, as a performer, you're also like, and when's my turn? Of course. <laughs> yeah. How do you navigate that? Especially with, like, something, I mean, in the arts in general, like, yeah. everything is, it fluctuates. So, yeah. like, having two people in the arts sort of, like, you're you're on your high and they're at their low and how do you it's it's hard it's yeah that is difficult. definitely difficult yeah for sure as if being gay wasn't already difficult <laughs> right, enough exactly. here we are let's make it harder for myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> now in in terms of uh, your show haunting renditions do you ever do it in a cabaret type space or do you That's do it so more funny. in like I'm those I'm just theater starting rooms? to do that at the end okay. of 2019 I started doing um, like a small tour of it. Um, with a new agent who's been like putting me into, I was, I did festivals for a long time, JFL and Sketchfest and yeah. S- South by Southwest. And um, now in, now with under new agency, um, this agent books mostly musicians. There's a couple of comedians on their slate, but they, um, they're, they're comedians who kind of live between comedy and music, you know, or stand up and music like myself. Mm. So now I'm doing small satellite shows in smaller cities just with a pianist yeah. rather than a full band. Oh, cool. Which is a different experience. We should back up a little too and let our listeners know exactly what haunting oh, yeah, sure. renditions is because I've talked like around it a little oh, bit. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's me. I'm a, a classically, a, a opera school dropout, basically, classically trained and then <laughs> dropped out. Uh, but years later, um, partnered with my buddy who was the musical director of my acapella group in college. And so we, we rearrange silly pop, like, you know, kind of funny, silly, weird pop songs into like orchestral ballads or something that feels a little bit more experimental. So it's not like, I wouldn't say we're, you know, reinventing the wheel per se, but I like that. My thing is trying to, um, trying to treat the music with as much preciousness as I do the comedy. Right. So it's not yeah. just like silly songs. It's like, I want them to sound excellent, you know? Yeah. But also like when you take it, when you treat the material so seriously, then that becomes there hysterical is the comedy. Too. Yeah. yeah that, Therein yeah. lies all the comedy, Bugaboo, quite honestly. That. Bugaboo, Smash Mouth, you know. Um, yeah, Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I could go Avril, uh, you yes. know, Ashley Simpson, of course, <sighs> Wham!, 
I know. Um, well, that, and that's what I love about it. You know, you're you're talking, you make some jokes, and then like the tone gets like very serious. Very and this serious. Beautiful music starts, and your voice is so great. Oh, thank you. But then you can't help but laugh because yeah, that's my that's what I want. It's like Avril Lavigne lyrics, you know. That's yeah. exactly. That's like that's anyway. My hope. Here's Wonderwall, but like yeah, actually. totally exactly. <laughs> I like I like yeah. starting songs, and if I don't announce what it is, I love hearing people pick up on it across mm-hmm. the you know through the crowd. Like yeah. Hearing them figure out, oh, this is you know the mighty mighty boss tones or something. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I like I like doing something that's a little bit weird, you know. Yeah. I like the way um, I, I I'm a big 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 fan of Sandra Bernhard, and her cabaret to me is just. I was never a big cabaret fan to begin with. Yes. And I always felt like this was more in the stand. I was always kind of like, no, it's not cabaret, it's stand up, you know. Yeah. yeah. But as the years have gone on. And people, and I've become, you know, more aware of people like Bridget Everett and yep. Sandra Bernhardt, you know, um, that then that blows that blows my mind. Like yeah. someone yeah. like Bridget blows my mind. And then I can see, okay, this is comedy. It's just, it's just a version, an alternative version of comedy, but it's still, it's meant, it has its meaning, yeah. you know, it has its place. Yeah. So that's what I try to do with haunting. Yeah, I think like the, this is new to me. Like I, I enjoy going and watching like a cabaret style show and I love music so much and I love like Broadway and I love mm-hmm. watching people sing like classic songs yeah. live. It's one of my my favorite things. But since I mostly just do stand-up comedy and, you know, we host a, a monthly show at Stonewall. Um, next show is January 27th, by the way. Mm. And um, I guess I never thought about putting together a cabaret-style show because because I think of these, like, big personalities like mm. Bridget Everett and right. Sandra Bernard, and that's, like, I don't see myself yeah. in them. Uh, but then when somebody suggested, you know, you should do a holiday show at Joe's Pub, I was like, why not give myself this challenge? Yeah, for sure. And it was yeah. it was so different, but so fun. And it's so fun how, like, I didn't expect how different, like, a cabaret audience is than, like, a stand-up audience. Yeah, I, you're also, like, at this point, I think, you know, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. So whether, you know, whether or not it falls under that type, that umbrella of cabaret. Sure. It's it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. Yeah. There's like a freedom with it when when you're doing a cabaret show rather than yeah. sticking to something else. And I also just like I think um, a lot of times just a successful cabaret in general is just being completely unapologetic Correct. and just running. Totally. No matter what the have. venue. Yeah. It's like just watching somebody be themselves earnestly through and through. Yeah. But I mean then then on the other hand like <laughs> like. Countess Luann doing cabaret is another experience completely because yeah. mm-hmm. that's at when I saw I, I went to one of the first shows at Fifty Four Below or when she was uh, there or? at Fifty Four yeah Fifty Four yeah. Below and uh, that was wild because I guess she thinks it's cabaret you know yeah I think it's like high camp camp literally yeah, camp, it's camp yeah because she seems to be un, unaware that she, I guess she thinks I guess she thinks she's campy but I don't think she realizes. That she is camp, that the mm. muse that her she's not a, she's not a music she's not a musician she's right. not a singer but it's this bizarre reflexive re- relationship with a reality show where people show up and sort of egg on this personality but right. she clearly seems to think that it's fully legit like I I genuinely was like this is going to be so much fun because she's in on the joke right 
And boy, oh boy, I, she was, she, maybe I misread the whole thing, but it very quickly felt tragic for me because it did not seem like she was in on the joke. That, that always stresses me out when someone believes that, and it, that's entirely what it is. Like she believes that she is the queen of fucking everything yeah, and that wild. people praise her and, and like bow down to her when you're sort of like a, poking fun and like uh, poking yeah. the bear and that's egging it on. That's why it made me sad because yeah. all of a sudden it went from a room of, Sort of, I thought it was going to be all of us celebrating this, this like campy, you know, experience yeah. to a room of people laughing at her. Yeah. And I just, oh, it just bummed me out. It Is just, it like it, that Meryl Streep movie? Yes. That's exactly, it's like yeah. Lars Foster Jenkins. Yes. That's her name. Thank you. Yep. That's exactly what it's like. It's, yeah. Wow. But whereas like someone like Bridget Everett is always in on the joke. Oh my God. Is completely unapologetic for, she knows she's, she's massive for any space. You know what yeah. I mean? And I mean that personality wise. Yeah. She's just like, she's a lot. Yeah. She'll fill and any she's space. just like, she's incredible. And she's like, yeah, this is funny. And you're, you're digging it. Yep. And I love that. Love that too. I really want to see Sandra. I've never seen oh my God. her, <laughs> her life. Cause whenever she's a, she's usually at Joe's pub at the, the end New of year, the year yeah. and the tickets are really. They are worth it. I, I promise yeah. you they are worth it. Her take on politics and the way she delivers comedy and some of them are one-liners, some of them are more conversational, but her POV is very distinctly unique mm-hmm. and her voice is beautiful. Yeah. Her singing voice is beautiful. Yeah. And she's also stunning to look at. She sure. has a very, you know, obviously she knows she has a very interesting face Yeah, and she, she's you know, she looks unusual, and I don't mean that pejoratively. She's she's beautiful. She's just different looking. Yeah, and, and, striking, and she, yeah. Yeah, very striking. And But her wit and her talent is, she's incredible. She yeah. really is. And did you ever see that movie that she did in the 90s, her one-woman show? I forget what it's called. I I, uh, I didn't. I need to. Iconic. I mostly know about Sandra in the context of Madonna. Right. And their right. friendship. I think that's for what she's most known for, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but. I'm the one that I want. That's the name of her show. Yes. And, the, and it's, a, it's seen, a film. Yeah, I've seen clips of that for yeah. sure. She's unbelievable. She also is somebody who has very casually, like, been completely unapologetically um, queer yes. since her since she was on the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I that is also amazing. She's like, you know, she's been with her... She still has a girlfriend, but she's been with her girlfriend forever, and they have a grown daughter. And it's like, because I'm a big Howard Stern fan, and she goes on a lot and mm-hmm. is one of the best interviews all the time. And he he's very he's very like pro 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 queer, very into like queer rights. Believe it or not, yeah, I did not. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, word. huge. He's huge into like queer rights and trans. He's always like always pushing. I also really like Howard Stern yeah. and I have liked him from a, a young age and always felt bad about it because when I was younger, I was like, I shouldn't. That's how I felt too. I shouldn't I like this. Yeah. And then as I got older, I listened to him more. And if, if I could ignore the, like whenever he was making comments about women and their bodies and objectifying them, it never felt sincere. And yeah, almost it, it was me- like, it doesn't feel like he's doing it in a, it feels like he's doing it in a way where he's like, I know I'm stupid. I know this is stupid and I'm just like, it's like this part is all of the, hormones and I'm a dummy. Yeah, it's like yeah. part of the bit. But like when you cut that out, he's just such a great interviewer yeah, yeah, and he's, and he's so interesting. Yeah, he really is. And, he, and progressive. He, and he's made such a push for women's rights, gay rights, yeah. trans rights by not necessarily being like a – being like an activist per se but just saying like – 
who cares? Right. Why would you care yeah. if some if two guys get together, if two women get together? What do you care? Yeah. How does it affect you? And, yeah. it's, and it's so, I think, interesting because it's not political. It's just casual. And that's the way that he's treated Sandra on the show where he asks about, you know, her and her girlfriend and the kid. And whenever he has gay guests on, which is pretty often, yeah. it's treated with just the amount of it's not he's, they treat her they he, sorry he treats them no differently than he treats straight people right sure. it's not about like how's your lesbian relationship it's going it's like how's yeah. your family exactly which yeah i i think what i really like about howard stern and his trajectory is how you know i think he pulled in this audience of like dude dudes that were mm-hmm. like yeah Tits. Yeah. Like have these girls in the studios. What tell us what they're doing, Howard. Mm -hmm. And then started going to therapy a lot. Yeah, psychotherapy. And became very emotionally intelligent and showed that it's possible to like grow and evolve as a man and that it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. And to um, you know, talk to seek mental health treatment and talk about your feelings and stuff like that. And there aren't any there aren't enough uh, examples, I think, of that for men. And then this is a guy that the, probably the guys who need this most look up Listen to. Listen to it. And, right. they're, and they're my, Hillary was on last, yeah, yeah a few, uh, not even like a, two months ago maybe. Yeah. And it was an incredible interview because he'd been stumping for her since the first time. He wanted her to be president in 08 mm-hmm. and pushed for her really hard in, through 2016 and really wanted her to come on the show because he thought it would humanize her. Yeah. And understandably she was her team did not want her to again understandably because like myself if you don't know if you don't listen to the show like i when i didn't i was like no he's disgusting he's he's a misogynist he's a homophobe and he's not any of those things but you would never know unless unless you listened you know yeah and um but he was he's a he was a huge hillary supporter and hearing her on the show it's the most interesting enlightening interview where it's very reciprocal and he's able to com- – I mean, I don't know if it's him being able to or if she's just relaxed to that point. But like with other people who go on the show, he's able to get them to have the most casual conversations where somebody feels completely there in earnest, you know, not putting on a show, not being performative, not right. using canned answers. It feels like a real conversation. And yeah, make- that you're invited into. Yeah. And, and listening to Hillary, people were calling up. These guys were calling up. They're like – I'm a Republican or I'm a conservative. I want, I hated Hillary. And I got to say, she was really interesting to listen to and sounds really smart. And, you know, some people were like, I kind of wish I voted for her now. And it's, you know, that's, that's a, that's crazy. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy thing to hear. These like alpha male conservative Republican listeners calling up and being like, well, I hear her as a person now. And I would have voted for her if I knew, which is so, you know, sad and tragic but you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt but do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because Rakuten shoppers do with Rakuten they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back and you can get it too Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea, 
Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go back and dig up some episodes with Sandra. I I need to know more about Sandra and like consume more oh, yeah, of her. Because she's, she's this person that's always like fascinated me, but then I never like put the the time in. Because she's also someone who's like her content isn't in front of you unless yeah, you seek not. it out. Yep. And she's, mm. she's, she's a requisite New Yorker, you know, yeah. through and through and is a fashion plate. She like, because she has such a, you know, she's such a striking, beautiful person. I think she's been amused to a lot of designers and also just wears excellent clothes. I know nothing about fashion, but she always is dressed like elegantly, you know? Cool. Yeah. And, um, and she's just, she's fascinating because she's sort of always flown under the radar but made a living. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's she's phenomenal. She's really interesting as a person. So what is it about queer people and, and cabarets and, like, performance spaces? Because, I, I mean, like, Broadway, too, but I think cabarets specifically are just, like, even more queer. And is it just because they started out as more of, like, this underground thing in a place yeah. where, like— there were like, no rules, and yeah, that's like where we had to operate. It's easier to be expressive right? in a yeah. place with less rules. Yeah. That makes sense to me, you know, you're the able idea. To, yeah, personalize it more. I mean, when you're in a in a community that— A space, a shared safe space. Yeah. yeah. It, there, and also, like, I think a lot of times, too, with performers and people in theater and singers, you know, you, you, you see these norms that maybe as a queer person you never really fit into, so you create your own in your own space in, like, a safe space. But I, I oh. yeah, no, I do think cabarets have gotten though like a bad rap for people. Yeah, that's when what they I was going to say. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'd, I don't see a lot of cabaret. And I also, but I'm also very, I have a very strong aversion to like quote unquote cheesy Broadway stuff. Yeah. Mm. Like, and maybe I'm spoiled, maybe I'm a brat, but like theater has to have something to it for me to not immediately roll my eyes or immediately be like, I'm stuck here for two hours, you know? Like, when yeah. something has that much artifice, I can't stomach it. And for me, cabaret, when it feels the most alternative or the most, exp- um, I don't know, like Bridget does something and Sandra, they, they do things that feel um, like they transcend traditional cabaret that makes me so into it. You right. Know? Like you're yeah. not doing the two drink minimum to watch someone sing metal art for like yeah. 45 <laughs> minutes. Yes, tr- truly. And I, and I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't want to see a cabaret that was just show tunes. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I could handle that. I like yeah. it when it's more 
when they they borrow from different genres and kind of blend everything. I, it's it's fascinating. Do you, do you know Alex um, Alexandra Billings? Um, no, That's- she is. Um, you might know her. Did you guys watch Transparent? Yes. So she played Davina. Um, oh, oh yes, yes. No, she, I totally know. Yeah, because she's gonna be in Wicked. In Wicked, yes. yes. Oh, who's she in Wicked? I did not know that. I don't. I don't know the names of the characters. I think all I know is the character that Rue McClanahan played. <laughs> oh, um, the queen or something. Um, Madame Marvel. I think the, so. I the, think like, so. The older woman. Yeah, I think yeah. that's okay. what she's gonna play. Wait, Rue McClanahan was in Wicked. She yeah. was. She what? was briefly. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> like, did not know that. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah briefly on Broadway, I believe. Yeah, like when Idina was in it, or I think after. After. Okay. I think after, but yeah. I oh think my that's god. The case. Well, but, yeah. Lucky cool. were those people who. Oh, I know, right? Went during that time. Well, Alex Billings is, uh, I just knew her from Transparent. Yeah. And a friend of mine who worked on Transparent was like, you should come with me to see her. Um, she's doing a fundraiser for USC where she was, she's a professor there actually. Oh. Yeah, amazing. Like also like everything about her life, she's like, she's brilliant and fascinating, but then you'd find out she's a professor too and yep. it's mind-blowing. But she – um. She is like a you know fierce trans activist, fierce yes. about it, and has always been that way, and is incredible. But I didn't know about her, like what she is like as a stage performer. And she did a one person show that knocked me out, and everybody in the room was knocked out. She is she's a trans. She says she's a trans lesbian. She's been with her wife since. They were in high school before she transitioned. Whoa. It's crazy. And she was singing to her wife in the audience, and it was like, you know, heart, you just, you melt, you know? I'm getting emotional just oh, hearing my God. you talk about it. I know, it. I actually was, just got it was, chills. It was crazy. Yeah. But then she closes the show with a performance of Creep by Radiohead <gasps> that is, I, I don't know if I've ever been so moved by somebody. Like, Man. her, and and her voice is, everything about her is, Truly mind-boggling. She is so talented and so – she's just – you know, she's an actress through and through, like full-on like theater nerd from beginning to end. Right. But I love the fact that she's able to mix that with Radiohead. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and also just create the space for herself to be it's able insane. to tell her story in a it's way. It's insane. It was <sighs> – it was – it was – you know, transcendent. Really, it was transcendent. Yeah, I have like chills actually up and down my spine right Even now. Just thinking honestly, about look up. Just look up videos of her singing. There's yeah. a few of her singing "Creep," and I don't know how or why, but her rendition of it is searing. It just like goes right through you because it feels more emotional from her. Right. And, oh my god! It's Do yeah, and it's the that, best part. That rendition of "Creep" that was that went viral like six or seven years ago, and it was filmed at Le Poisson Rouge. And it was like oh. this. I, I don't think I remember. She's like a Broadway singer. It every time it gives me like chills and makes mm. me emotional. But yeah. that's the only other version of of Creep that's like really done it for huh. me. Oh wait, I think I I do remember that. Yeah, I do it's remember. just like a woman singing it, mm-hmm. and then at the end when she goes for it with the, yeah. the high notes, yeah, just like you have exploding. To, yeah. yeah. Was it Alex? Yeah. No, it wasn't Alex. It wasn't okay. So, yeah, it was a younger. Is it Carrie Manalakis? I think. Yes. Yeah. I totally remember that exact rendition. Wow. Yeah, cool. I'll be looking that up. Yeah, literally (laughs) sobbed my brains out. Oh my God. But you know what's fun? Like, like that to me is like, okay, that's, that's perfect because I'm watching somebody who is into theater and, 
and sells it without it being like kind of cheesy, you know, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah. But then hooks you back in. Not not that you get unhooked, but you're so hooked in that by the end when she includes a rock song, yeah. you know, this like creepy – you know, uh, emotional rock song and makes it into this other thing without changing the lyrics. It's like that blows me away. And, yeah. But I, <laughs> Ruma, when I was talking about Ruma Clanahan, it made me remember that I um I'm a big Golden Girls fan, like yeah. big time. Yeah. And saw B. Arthur had a one woman show when I was in college, and I think I saw it three <laughs> three times. And she also is somebody who is. Very baffling, very complicated, very eccentric, you know. But she would do this one-woman show. And the thing about the show that I found so, I guess, entertaining was that all of her songs were these, like, really weird deep cuts that only real theater people know about. I don't know this. You know, I don't know these songs. These weird fucking songs from... Shows I've never heard of, and and because it's B. Arthur, like her singing voice is a lot it's of a like tenor, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like sing talking, a lot of sing talking, and she's doing these songs yeah, that were I've so weird. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so weird. These songs are so weird, and my friends were like, "Okay, like you gotta stop, like you gotta chill out." Yeah, because I was into it. I just thought it was the that to me was like I, what I wish Luann was doing. That's yeah, I'm, B that's, knows. She knows. She knows. She's so in and on She's it. She's so in on it. A friend of mine, he's this six foot three gay man, and he has the exact same speaking and singing voice oh as the Arthur. Wow. And he was like, Do I recreate her one woman show in drag? And <gasps> yes. I was like, Yes. It's okay. so niche, like, do it. but do it. Like, do that it. would be. Oh. And, re- and replete, it would make sure out. he doesn't wear shoes. No, she doesn't he literally wear shoes was like, She doesn't wear shoes. She's full, no shoes. Because she fell off the stage. It, at one of the shows, she fell off the stage and broke her foot, I believe. Oh and so God. from that point on, she was like, I'm still doing the show. I'm just doing it without shoes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I saw her do it without shoes. It was so odd. Hey, would you look at me? <laughs> like, her look- songs, <laughs> these songs that she chose, they are the weirdest <laughs> songs I've ever heard. Really weird. Some were hypersexual, too. It's yeah. crazy. So oh, you're just man. Like, I would love to see we're that. We're going in. We're going yeah. in. Look at, I mean, that's also a, a YouTube deep dive. Because yeah. they're all up. All the songs are all up somewhere. They're wild. Sign me up for a sexual B. Arthur. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, there's plenty. There's plenty to hear. <laughs> yeah. Please welcome to the stage. Sexual <laughs> B. Arthur. Yeah. It's just like this this space where I feel like legends are are made. Like the people who, who are successful at putting on uh these kind of shows and it's it's a thing that like you you kind of have to be there yeah and see it live to really I think so to be a part of it I think so, so yeah. a lot of people don't get exposure to that right um but yeah I mean with you you don't live in New York anymore I don't, yeah. but living in New York I feel like be, because I perform a lot um, that I don't go out to as many shows as I would like, but when I can or I hear that something has like some buzz to yeah. it, I'm like, I gotta go because why else? Of course, are you living here. in New York? Right. You exactly. know, to, if it's not For to sure. have access to some of like the best talent that mm-hmm. you wouldn't find otherwise totally. or hear of otherwise. Like I'm going to a show tomorrow at Soho Playhouse called Desiree Birch. It's Desiree Birch. Oh, cool, and it's. I didn't know who Desiree Birch was. Yeah, I knew her like back a few you know years ago. 
And apparently her one woman show is like. She's she's amazing apparently. Yeah. Amazing. I've heard incredible things. Yeah. So I just bought tickets off of hearing one person say you have to see this show. And you're like, like, all Totally. Because that's what someone did with, uh, with Nanette. They're oh, like, God. you have to see Nanette. Yeah, well, that's of course. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but all right, if I have to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's like being living here, but also in LA, a lot of things come through there or start there. Sure. And like, mm-hmm. I like being part of that world of like the Cat Cohen's, John Early's, yeah. like people who I'm, you know, f- friends and, and peers with who, pr- who, who, you know, provide something that feels different than. I guess just like a piano bar thing. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with a piano bar, of course. I'm just sure. saying, like for me, I like that something that feels a little bit periphery and and more individualized, individualized, like absurdist. Can, yeah. yeah, where you can tell your tell your story. I like, love that. Wasn't um I think my big fat Greek wedding actually was That's right. It was a show. It was a one woman show. Oh, yeah. Originally, and Rita Wilson and then, saw it. Yeah, with Tom Hanks, and just was like, let's produce that. And like that, that I don't know. It. To me, I'm like, oh, that's that's yeah. That's totally. a cabaret. That's yep. telling yeah. your story that no one else can tell, making the space for yourself. Yeah. And it's way different than yep. making someone pay for two drinks while you sing at them. Correct. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I love that. Well, so you your background is in musical theater. Have you ever done like a— Yeah. I used to— you know, because it was it was a thing when I moved to the city. I was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to, I'm singing. Like, you basically did it to, like, tell your parents. Like, I'm performing in New York. By the way, you have to spend 45 bucks and sit and watch me and 14 other people <laughs> sing for five minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it's, like, very draining. And every cabaret space, like, randomly is, like, carpeted. And, like, it's weird. There's glassware mm. from the 80s. It's, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, basically, that's where I was like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm an actor," and then, you know, I, I, they're they're just kind of like cash cows a, a little bit. Yeah. Um. But then you sort of get into I I started to meet more creative people who found their own outlets and created their own content rather than sticking to like that. Uh, we're we're doing the thing. We're like singing a at a cabaret. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a and they're long. They're I long. Bet. Oh my god. I it's funny, my my dad, um, when I first moved to the city, I was like, hey, if you come to the show, just so you know, like, my dad's an alcoholic, it's awesome. We, I mean, we all are, whatever. But uh, I was like, hey, you know, there's a, a two-drink minimum if you come to the show. And he was like, okay, what's the maximum? Oh, yeah. my so- <laughs> God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, okay, work dad, Got cool. It. <laughs> Hashtag my dad, too. <laughs> Hashtag probably everyone's dad, honestly. Cool, yeah. So they, they can be— uh, uh, little cash cows for for people that aren't uh, super educated in in the creative yeah industry yeah but I that's how, that's how people you know that's the start really it's like yeah. open mic nights or bring your shows like you get your feet wet kind of doing that yeah and it's not really I, I feel like it's not really to be you never really do them to like be discovered you right. do them to like to get out there yeah, yeah and be like okay this is how I sound this and, works this doesn't yeah. work yeah totally yeah. cut your teeth a little bit yeah it's like 85,000 degrees so in here yeah. I'm stripping sweat I'm like cool <laughs> oh my god I would take this off but then you would see so all of my sweat rings so I'm like let's just keep on this hoodie this Ooh. is the ideal temperature for me see what? this is why this I'm is so why, happy right now this Mm-mm. is why as a dude I feel Terrible, but I'm always, always hot. Always. Yeah. So I'm glad I don't work in an office anymore because 
Because you can regulate your own temperature all the time. Well, I can't because it's like radiator, like New York, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like you can't. can't, Someone's breathing on you. My friends who know me, who know that I run really hot are like, how do you like L.A.? And I'm like, because it's dry and because temperatures are um, consistent. Whereas in New York, like I was freezing outside. Yeah. I'm sweltering in here. You get on the subway. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think it's like my real like. Romanian Russian blood comes through and just like being schwitzing all the time. I feel like New York likes to find different ways to traumatize you. Of course. And the it's that's seasonal one for me. Trauma, the temperature as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hit, one I had to them. hit 30 before I was like, okay, not only do I have to, it's not a matter of just turning 30, but I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get excited anymore by the whoosh of like garbage air in the subway, like meaning the train is coming. You know, like, yeah. I, like have to, ah. I have to move on to a different stage in my life where that yeah. doesn't excite me. The you know? whoosh of the garbage air, you're like, oh my God. Movement. Finally, relief. Whoa. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's Ugh. pretty bad. I mean, I am i don't have like a real coat because yeah. I'm always sweating. Like, yeah, I'm always sweating. I mean, you saw my coat. I had like a jean jacket and a hoodie and it's January. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty Pretty, uh... I don't care anymore. Like, this week that I've, I've been back in the city, and I don't care. I, I'm wearing a T-shirt. I'm doing... You know, I'll put the jacket over, but I'm not going to pretend to be like, I need to bundle up. Like, it, I, you know, yeah. I get cold, but I get hot too easily. Yeah, I would <laughs> rather be, like, trying... I would rather be, you know, I'd rather be freezing and try to get warm yes. than be hot and try that's to get it. cold. Yeah, that's, that's it. And that's, I love that you're... This is, temp, this is like, comfortable for you. Oh, so <laughs> that's comfortable. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I... Sleep with my AC on still. I get it. I, 64 degrees. Yeah, 64. Perfect. 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 Oh, my God. Also naked and on top of the covers. This like. is why I could, like, honestly, this is why I don't think I could be straight because I could barely, like, I've had exes who are like, it's freezing in here. Yeah. And I'm like, thank, at least, you know, for a dude, like, we're furnaces, you know? Yeah. I would feel bad if I was dating a woman who was like, okay, this is a joke. Yeah. This yeah. is a joke, you know? I'm I'm dating someone now who she her apartment feels exactly like this Mm-mm. and I will be like can't do it yep can't so she has a crack in her window and she's like I gotta get my landlord to fix it and You're I'm like, like I'll sleep don't. next to it please don't I will wake up with my nose about to fall Absolutely. off and I'm like yeah <laughs> she's like Courtney why is there a mouth? hammer in your bag <laughs> like, like, just chipping away at it slightly just being a lesbian what <laughs> yeah get my tools out. Oh, God, speaking of hammer, have you been watching, I know I said we weren't going to talk about this, but, or did I? I don't know. You said we weren't going to talk, talk about, about that the L word, but, I <laughs> did mean. Did you watch the last episode? Where- I haven't caught up yet. Well, I mean, I guess now that we're in 2020, this was a while ago, but the second episode, there's like a flashback and the the ex-wife um, of Alice's girlfriend, like, comes to the house with a nail she nails a hammer into the door and then hangs her wedding ring on it and I'm like yeah that was I was like oh come on and I'm like well at first I'm like come on but then I'm like this had to come from somewhere there's no way that some writer was just like I have an idea of what they could do with the ring like who would think of that so it must have been it had like to a have personal to experience. Someone. Absolutely. Everyone's That's always around. what happens. Right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It always comes from somewhere. Who is Wild. the source material <laughs> for you? that scene? I want the source material and I want her on the podcast. Yes. Being at that table and being like, and then she's going to come up and she's going to hammer her wedding ring. Everyone's probably like, <laughs> are you okay? Like, <laughs> right. What happened? Correct. Right. Do you want to talk about it? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, first episode was period sex. And then the second episode was, uh, you know carpentry so great 
Yeah, just hitting all the all I the couldn't believe in the first episode that they talked about period sex in like the first 30 seconds. I was like, what's happening? I can't <laughs> wait to, I need to watch. I'm ready. I, I knew because everybody I knew who got an advanced copy of the script from like auditioning for the show, <laughs> the first thing they said was there's period sex. <laughs> That's like, that was the biggest thing I knew. Like, whoa. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, anything else about about cabarets? Did, did Carol Channing ever do cabarets? I don't know. That's someone that's who I would have. I don't know. She freaked me out. She her, she freaked yeah. me out too much. Yeah. I love her. I don't dislike. I never disliked her. I was just like, I don't get this. Yeah. I just didn't get it. I still don't get it, <laughs> but I love it. She ter- She like terrified me as a child but in a way where I was Terrifying. like keep scaring me because oh, I like me. it that's, oh okay yeah. you were like no I can't sleep at night I'm, yeah. gu- I'm guessing that's your opinion because you saw her in the made for TV movie Alice in Wonderland yep. Raspberry where she was the white queen yeah Ra- Raspberry no no Raspberry was Thoroughly Modern Millie um, uh, Jam tomorrow Jam yeah, yesterday but never ever so, Jam today it was, was so scary. Alice in Wonderland too scary for me yep it's, but also just in, in real life, it was also equally scary for me. Just yes. everything about her freaked me out. Just a, a wild, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that Carol Channing was the original Celine Dion, not voice wise. <laughs> Whoa, goofy wise, but goof goofy wise, wise yeah. in an interview where you're just talking just and then the she rails. changes octaves on you. Yep, that makes she sense. just drops Dion, two octaves. Celine Dion banter is I actually Heaven. I saw her in I saw her in Vegas before she Me left. Too, yeah. I just saw her in Buffalo okay. uh, a few weeks ago. So when she was doing I don't know, she did like her Ryan was it Ryan Reynolds uh banter because of like Iron Man or something cuz she's like sang that song for for Iron Man oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Or Deadpool? Uh, Deadpool, right? Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah it was Deadpool. Deadpool. And she did this this banter for like a casual, I think it went to like 15 minutes and she talked about shoulders yep. and she talked about like screaming and then she um, talked about shoulders again and I remember I was like watching and my recent Google search was like, is Celine Dion on drugs? Like, no, totally. It's, yeah. I she's like, the what? perfect, she's like, because it's like watching somebody who was a child star, which already fucks you up. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have an education, which also fucks you up. Yep. Is French Canadian and never really learned English, which yep. clearly fucks you up too. Yeah. So all of those things make this really weird stew of a person. Have yeah, you seen that? Which is clip it's of terrifying her but exciting. <laughs> where um, where Gail um, Gail King? Name? Yeah, Gail King's like interviewing her, and then oh, she asks yeah. her what her favorite food is, and she's like peanut butter and jelly. Oh y- yes. And then she just goes peanut, peanut butter jelly, peanut, peanut butter, butter jelly, <laughs> peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. It's awesome. I'm Everything like, what? she does is baseball. That's, that. I love that's her so the much. like. That's to me. That's where it gets a little abrasive. Where I'm like, oh, I'm a little worried. Like the, yeah, I love. It's but okay. It's a personal taste thing. Yeah, but of like, course. yeah. Do you gets, think her kids are like constantly embarrassed? Yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, Mom, I think so. Stop. And now what? that she's like a fashion icon, I think they're probably even more embarrassed. Yeah. That she's into like high fashion now. Yeah. And does those like photo shoots and like? <gasps> I don't know. She's that's embraced what, her. Her uh, her concert that I saw, the, like, interstitial videos throughout were all, like, weird Calvin Klein ads. Yeah, like, yeah. I kept expecting, like, a bottle of perfume to show yeah, up at the end of each now. video. That's what she does now. That's yeah. her thing. I mean, God bless her. Do your thing, you know? She's, she still sounds amazing, and honestly, that's all that really matters. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. She sounds amazing. She's so entertaining. She's such a queen. And a her, perfect human voice. Her outfits oh God, yeah. are amazing. I just can't imagine being someone that like goes to school with her kids. Like I would 
I'd be such an asshole. Yeah. I'd be like, look at what your mom said yesterday. Yeah, right. Your mom I think is nuts. She's entitled to it because she is yep. so talented. Yeah. But yeah. like, could you imagine if she couldn't sing and that was her oh, banter? No, no, no. They'd be like, She'd oh, She'd be in a no, hospital. No. Yeah. <laughs> she would not be on Earth. Yeah. She'd they, be on Mars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, there's this crazy lady. You gotta check oh, it out. Yeah. Big She's time. from Florida. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> She's too big for it, but Celine would be perfect for cabarets. The the oh stories that she probably has. In in that broken English, I yeah. would, I'd yeah. be the first in line. I want yeah. the stories about Renee. Yeah, me too. I also love that she's like, how how she always says like, how is everyone doing tonight? Like, because we're doing awesome. Yes. I, was, I love that. I love that. We're doing awesome. But like, How's everyone doing? And we're this, doing My favorite awesome. is there's a video where she says, um, <laughs> this one, I'm dedicating this to all the parents and children of the world. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. oh, so everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This one's specifically just for the parents and the children or anyone that came out of a vagina. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or C-section. Correct. Or uh, is breathing. That's it. <laughs> My sister saw her in Vegas and got just like the cheapest seats possible, like last row yeah. of the Caesars Palace. And they brought her and her husband down to like the second row because there were empty seats. seats. Yeah. Amazing. So, so when I went, I was like, that's going to be my strategy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to buy it last row tickets. And then she canceled because of ear surgery. Uh, Oh, of course. Crap. Right. I know. But I saw her in Buffalo. Okay. Same thing. Same thing as the Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They're basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. Both have endless food. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's time to get to our listener question. Yeah. I didn't warn you that there's a list. I didn't question. know. Yeah, bring but, it on. But there is, and sometimes they're they're long and dramatic. But these okay. these dykes need help. Hey, bring it on. All right. <laughs> so I've been out for a year, and I came out with a gorgeous girl. We met on a girls' trip to Vegas through mutual friends, and I broke up with my boyfriend. She flew across the country to visit me. I came out to my family. We did long distance for six months, and then she moved to where I live. So that's the context. And now here's the problem in a lot of detail. Uh, She has a friend from home that texts all day, every day. I had never talked about it with her or anyone really, but listened to the cheating episode from this podcast and uh, couldn't get it off my mind. You guys said a lot about boundaries and what it means when it feels like something is wrong. And I went a little crazy. Her friend flew here uh, this weekend to visit her. I made it very clear leading up to the weekend that I don't like her. And I will be spending as little time with them as possible. Um, so she got here. And while my girlfriend texts his friend constantly when I'm with her, she's with her friend for one day and didn't text me at all. She didn't reach out to finalize our dinner plans. So I came home from work and completely lost it a little bit. I don't know how you completely lose it a little bit. but uh, I completely blew up a little tiny baby bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I told her how it makes me feel and why I'm uncomfortable with their lack of boundaries and apologize for not telling her sooner. Uh, I told her to still go out with her friend, but if she needed to, because after all, her friend flew from across the country to see her, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, I'm not convinced that something's not going on and I can't figure out to, where to go from here. Even questioning the fact that she is emotionally cheating makes me rethink everything And her leaving the apartment with me crying in the kitchen mid-conversation showed a lot about her character, uh, stuff that didn't make my heart happy. Is this a one-time thing? Should we listen to what our hearts and minds say despite basic logic? There's a lot of... I mean, it sounds to me like it's like she needs to find out if 
her girlfriend is cheating or if she's just like her best friend and yeah. they just connect in that certain way. Because yeah. if that's the case, I, I don't – I hope I'm not being gullible. But if you can take her at her word that this is just a friendship and they're like best friends, then maybe her girlfriend is being inconsiderate by not you know acknowledging her feelings more. Yeah. yeah. But I would I would personally – Try to have some faith in my partner if this just happens to be their best friend and they text all the time, blah, 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 blah. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be gullible. No. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think that when you – when someone moves across the country for you – I was going to say they did just move across the country. They've showed their commitment to you in a way that um, I think that you you need to take into consideration when when things like this happen. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, my best friend, she lives in L.A. We've hooked up before, but, like, I still text her all the time. But, like, I'm with someone now. I'm fully committed to them. But I would hate for the girl that I'm dating right now to see her name pop on my up on my phone and then get angry about that and be like, oh, you're, you tell her everything. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, of course, of course. She's my best friend. But, like, you need to, I think, you know, take it into consideration and, and trust. I, I, I like – I mean, I like it. I like the idea of my partner being – independent enough that they have their best friend and in a way it's like so if i don't get along with that person that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a matter of working through it but there's an independence there i think that or maybe there's a codependence there between me and my partner that needs to get massaged more so you we figure out what exactly is going on so that i know that it is or isn't emotional cheating yeah you know yeah it it definitely is hard to you know do you kind of trust your gut i'm also curious like if this friend is queer or if there's like any backstory here that Mm. would give you reason to suspect but if it's if it's someone who who isn't queer and uh it's really that they're close friends it's probably fine and i think the conversation that you need to have with your girlfriend is just about having her maybe be like a little bit more sensitive to considerate of yeah considerate of like when you're around not to ignore you For, for texting. Just a- ask. A- yeah. You know, ask. Yeah. And, yeah. And I love when people I hope she's. Talk. I hope her girlfriend's not mean. Right. Yeah. You know, if she's mean, then it's a different story. But yeah. if she just needs that consideration, then you got to ask for it. Yeah. And as far as her walking out, you know, while you're having a, an argument or something and leaving you crying, I will say I've done that before. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> walked out on someone when they're crying? Yeah. Or, okay. On an ex. And I had... I mean, I had tickets to a Tegan and Sarah concert. Listen, you had I, to run. Listen, I'm not going to go. be late for That's that. That's a priority. <laughs> right. And she didn't want to go with me. That is and... the gayest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh, the, re- the reason that this person didn't want to go with me was because at one point when we were on a break, you know how MySpace, you got to have like one song on your profile? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was yours? Like Smell Your Dick or something? <laughs> it, it, was, it, was walk- it was Walking with the Ghost by Tegan and Sarah. And she thought she was the ghost. And she thought, I don't know what she thought, but she associated like Tegan and Sarah with single Carolyn and was like, fuck Tegan and Sarah. So she wouldn't go to this concert with me. So I went with my friend. Who was in your top eight. Uh, (laughs) 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 And, uh, and then she was, but then she was like mad about it. And she's like, you like this person more than you like me. I'm like, look, you didn't want to go to the concert and this is a ridiculous. Yeah, that is a wild bike. leap to make. Yeah, this is a wild yeah. leap to make. And then she was crying and I'm like, this just feels like so unfair and like nonsense and you're upset about something else, but you can't communicate yeah, it. So you're yeah. being angry at me. So I'm just going to leave. 
Yeah, it's like a child. It sounds yeah. like a child throwing a tantrum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I, I then went on to marry the person I went to the Tegan and Sarah concert <laughs> oh, with. Oh, no. Uh, she was right all along. She, was right. Worse. she wasn't right, but it probably, but she, like, from their perspective, sure. doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I also think you need to choose when to bring up things that are bothering you. Like, I, sure. I personally have to be like, okay, maybe I'm just feeling like I'm not close to her right now and she's distracted. But I'm obviously not going to like cry to her in this kitchen if she has plans with this sure. person yeah. in like yeah. five minutes because I'm just going to set unrealistic expectations for myself yeah. and then get upset and yeah. get let down, you know? So I think, you know, that doesn't necessarily say a lot about her character. Yeah. I think it just says a lot about like, maybe it says a lot about how she is as a friend. Like she's a loyal friend who was like, listen, this girl flew like across the country yeah. for me. I moved here for you. Yeah. Like, let me go hang out with of her. Of course. I get that. Yeah. I also submitted this question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, have have some conversations, you know. Lesbians Talk are good out. at that. I yeah. love when, I love a good conversation. Yeah. Lesbians are really good at conversations. They are. I love that. It's one of my favorite things about me and my wife now is how great we communicate. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'm like, I think we're communicating too, too much. much. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like we're having a lot of conversations. Yeah. Or you're like saying the same thing over and over yeah, in different yeah. ways. I'm like, we're, we've kind of been here before. So can we just like put, Land put a pause on it? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just go to a movie or something. Yeah. Like, you're like, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling good. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And then yeah. you're like, so we've established we're both okay. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's see a movie. Have a day now. I love that. Sometimes we actually even uh, write it down and be like, when this happens, <gasps> oh, th- wow. like this is how we feel. And then when it's one of those moments, I'm like, it's one of the moments. Go to where you wrote that down. Yes. Read what you wrote. And let's just see if like that solves the problem oh, or whatever like, is like going that's great. on. AP communication. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I got like maybe some honors, but I don't think I'm like. <laughs> That proficient awesome. in communication. Yeah. It helps. It helps be, because, like, I'm learning through uh, therapy that, you know, like, people, like, in your relationships, you're going to trigger each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not, usually people don't have, like, a million triggers. So sometimes it's just, like, that same trigger that that you're activating. And then you need to find a way to, like, okay, how do we diffuse the situation yeah. when yeah. that happens? So if I can identify of like, oh, like what I did or said activated this thing in you and it's really about something else. So let's just like ground it in the fact that, hey, remember we, yeah, you know. we talked about this. Yeah. yeah. I think it happens too when people like start dating and they, they're they really great at communication. And then the second it becomes official, all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't know how to talk to you now because you're my girlfriend. And it's yeah. like, you shouldn't have to lose that element yeah. of like what attracted you to that person in the first place. For sure. Yeah. Elliot, tell us a little bit about your your podcast. Sure. It's called You're Making It Worse. Um, it's a comic comic look at LGBTQ life. Um, it's hosted by me and my friends Brent and Alan, both of whom are comedians. Um, and we just try to take a, I don't know, alternative look at like gay stuff, news, issues. We have guests who are usually LGBTQ, but also not all the time. And we lead with comedy, but we try to cover, you know, Stuff that affects gay people, but it doesn't just doesn't just you know rely on that. We we try yeah. to mix it yeah. up a bunch. By alternative views, do you mean you love Mayor Pete? Is no, that- I, I'm not. Even, I don't even love Mayor <laughs> Pete, but I just just like uh, just at least with like 
just kind of like trying to break down stereotypes a little bit and yeah. cut through the noise of at least what a lot of gay guys will sort of present as homonormative content and right. just trying to like break through that and talk about what goes on behind that and like sure. social we all talk a lot about social media and positive um like positioning and sort of the falseness of a lot of we try to break down myths i guess you could say myths. Yeah. But it's all through comedy yeah exactly yeah. that's right that's actually right the because are. gay men aren't a monolith no sometimes they want you to think they are but they're not yeah we also i mean i also like that we make sure we have guests who are we i mean it's a, a varied podcast where we have guests who are um queer queer women queer men trans people gender non-binary like yeah we want a big swath of of the community so that it never feels too one thing. Right. You know? But it's always we always lead with comedy. Yeah. So that's what we try to do too. You're actually the third male that we've had on. Oh, cool. I'm honored. <laughs> Whoa. That's our that's our slice of <laughs> I love it. It's usually more like diversity within queer women, yeah. non binary, but uh But everyone can dike out. Totally. Everyone can dike out. Yeah, mix it yeah. up. Dike out. <laughs> we've even we've even had one cis straight man dig out, but he also has five gay moms. So that was why. So you were like, we need to get we need to get <laughs> yeah. into this. Yeah, I need to know. That's great. Yeah, what they did to you, like what what that experience yeah, did to you, that. having so many lesbian moms. Ugh, Mother's Day, what a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, where can people find your podcast and follow you on social media? Uh, you could just I'm on at Elliot Glazer on um, all the platforms then you're making worses on itunes and anywhere you listen to podcasts really awesome yeah thanks for having me thanks for being here My pleasure. thank you and courtney if people aren't following you already where can they find uh you, you can follow me on the instagram or the twitter uh at court Rada. and carnivorous what's, oh yeah and you can uh, check there? out my show carnivorous on food network uh you know, they air it a bunch of different times throughout the day because it's food network and they love to rerun yeah. I'm also a guest judge on uh, Chop, Chop Jr., Best Thing I Ever Ate, Hell all yeah. that good stuff. That's awesome. Been eating my whole life, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really sweet gig. Yeah. Uh, especially Chop Jr., I feel like. Oh my God, I cried 14 times during that day of filming. Yeah. I had to chop this little girl, and I was like, man. Oh my God. It Uh-oh. seems so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, I did cry. And then I hugged her at, uh, backstage, so it was, it was all good. I do the same. <laughs> And 10 years from now, she's going to be talking about you in therapy. I know. (laughs) The polenta. Like, uh. And you can follow me personally at TGI Carolyn and follow us at Diking Out on all platforms. You can listen to us on uh, Himalaya and join us on Himalaya Plus for extra content. Thanks for diking out with us and hope your 2020 is off to a great start. Pew, pew, pew. Dike out with you soon. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.